Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Is there a seismic shift away from the Christian faith among the millennial generation? Or is their worldview changing when they still call themselves Christian? Today we interviewed Dr. George Barna, a professor who has researched these questions. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we interview Dr. George Barna, a Christian pollster who has for decades documented and chronicled the drift of the American culture with respect to worldview towards Christian beliefs and Christian tenets. Do Christians believe the Bible? Do they pray a certain way? Do, are they born again? Well, these are difficult questions, but George Barna is a professor who has gotten to the bottom of all of it. Welcome, sir, to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. I've got to say, I've been a big fan of yours since the 90s. Uh, I wrote my master's thesis quoting many of your polls and statistics about American beliefs. Um, and I, I just want to get your your take on where America has come from, where have we developed to, uh, did it all happen in the 60s or the 90s or today? And uh, first of all, introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, well, I'm a kid from New York City, uh, love playing with baseball cards because on the back they had a lot of statistics. And so that kind of launched me on my trajectory. Uh, and for the rest of my life, I've been actually working with statistics doing nationwide surveys. And the particular focus of what I do is worldview and cultural transformation. So a lot of the work that we do at Arizona Christian University where I'm a professor and I run the cultural research center there, uh, that's what we really focus on is what do people really believe? How does it translate into a lifestyle? What does that look like when you put it all together into a culture? So what is the world world, what is the word worldview mean to you and, and how would you define somebody's worldview if you're gonna pull them about their beliefs? Well, chaps, I think maybe the, the easy or, or simple way to think about it is you're always making decisions and you have to make those decisions on the basis of something. That something is your worldview. It's the accumulation of information that you then interpret and respond to in ways that are consistent with who you believe you want to be, how you think the world should be, how you should live, and so forth. So the whole idea of a worldview is it's, it's kind of the equivalent of a computer's CPU. If you have a computer sitting on a desk, it's a box of you know, wires and, and other uh, magnetic parts and dials and whatnot, chips, silicone, but it really can't do anything. You can sit there and type in anything you want to ask it to do, it can't do it until you put in the CPU. Your worldview is your CPU. It helps you to determine how to act in any given situation based on what you think is true, real, appropriate, or meaningful. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul. He, he wrote, when I was a child, I reasoned like a child. 
When I became an adult, I reasoned like an adult. But between those two time frames in every human's life, we accumulate opinions based on experiences or facts that are presented to us that get stored in the computer upstairs. And then we evaluate future morals comparatively to old morals that we learned along the way. Uh, so people grow and develop. Is America growing and developing as a culture and are we becoming more Christian or less Christian? Well, we're certainly uh, becoming less Christian. As we look at the data, you know, when I started measuring worldview back in 1995 and compared to where we're at today, only half as many adults now have a biblical worldview, which means that they're trying to make decisions that are in harmony with the principles and the commands and the truths taught in the scriptures. That's God's guidebook for how we should live. He tells us how we can thrive if we're in harmony with those principles. But what we find is that more and more Americans are abandoning those and choosing other ways of living instead. So you didn't say half of Americans, you said half of what used to believe as Christians now believe as Christians. So give us some numbers. Uh, you know, back in 1995, only 12% of adults in this country had what might be considered a biblical worldview. Today, that number is down to 6%, and it's continuing to drop. If we look at our youngest adult generation, the millennials, it's 4%. But if we look at the latter half of the millennial generation, those between the ages of 18 and 25, it's only 2%. So clearly, we're moving in the wrong direction. Part of the reason, I would say, is that we've ignored the fact that given what a worldview is, you have to develop it when you're very young. And so people begin developing their worldview between the ages of 15 to 18 months of age, and it's almost fully developed by the age of 13. During our teens and our 20s, we refine it, we test it, we figure out how to articulate it. And then from our late 20s on for the rest of our lives, we try to get other people to understand our worldview and to imitate it because that makes us feel like we got it right, we're powerful, we're doing the right thing. And so we really have to pay more attention to what we're doing with children in the same way that you know, bad leaders like Mussolini, Stalin, and many others, Mao Zedong, had versions of the same statement, which was basically, give me a child when they're young, and they would put in an age, seven years old, nine years old, eight years old, and I'll have him for the rest of his life. And that's basically the way things work because your worldview determines who you are. And in one of the studies that we did a tracking study with people, we found that most people died with the same worldview they had at the age of 13. Wow, so by age 13, some people's worldview is set and does not change until they are old. Uh, that's fascinating. I wanna uh, take a short break, but when we come back, I'm gonna ask, what percent of America believes in God and what percent self-identify as Christian with George Barna after this? Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. I'm Dr. Chaps. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that famine would be a sign of the end. And we are now facing a famine of biblical proportions in one of the poorest states in India where our charity has sponsored up to 259 orphans and children for many years. But now, there are thousands of people starving in the streets because of the unemployment there. And we've been helping widows, like 
the letter we received from Sanuri, who writes to us and says, I stay with my three children in the slum. I was washing plates in the hotel and earning bread for my family, paying house rent. Suddenly I lost my income. After hotels were closed by the government, this was a shocking moment for me. Afterward, we could manage eating half a meal a day to manage a scanty ration for longer days. When there was no ration left for my family, I was quietly weeping outside with agony. An unknown fellow came and asked whether I am a widow. I said, yes. He wrote my name and address and asked me to collect ration from your office. I got that ration with joyful tears. I strongly believe that God helps the helpless during troubled times through benevolent people. You know, the benevolent people she's talking about are you. And your generosity, when you give through our ministry, is actually helping her to see God. Would you please donate today at 866-Obey-God? Again, our phone number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. And help us supply a matching gift. We've already given up to $10,000 to supply 100,000 meals. And there's somebody out there who could double that gift with one stroke of a pen. Please donate through our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and designate your gift to India Relief. Please give today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Professor George Barna, who leads the Cultural Research Center, a polling organization that helps identify Christians and Americans' religious beliefs and attitudes toward faith. Uh, Dr. Barna, I wanna ask, um, back when I wrote my master's thesis, License to Sin in 1999, I quoted what I think was one of your studies or maybe an AP poll or a Barna poll uh, or, that said, uh, or George Gallup has, has done a lot of good polling on American religious beliefs. But I, I think I reported back in 99 that 94% of Americans said they believed in God and 85% then self-identified as Christian. Has that number changed today? Well, it, it's very different today. I mean, if we look at the number of people who would say that uh, God is the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe, who is perfect and just and still rules that universe today, that number is down to 48%. So it's, it's roughly half of the number that you were identifying. If we look at the proportion of people who call themselves Christian in America today, that's about 69%. That number has also been dramatically decreasing. The number that's been increasing, the fastest growing quote unquote faith group, if you will, are what I call the don'ts. And that's the group of people who say they don't know if God exists, they don't care if God exists, or they don't believe that God exists. And that number now is up above 30%. So we can see that there's the two different uh, trajectories, uh, belief in God and disbelief in God. So that 30% may include agnostics, who you said don't know for certain. Is there a number of stone cold atheists who are positive there is no God? Yeah, that number seems to reside down around five or 6% of the American population. Okay, so there's still more Christians than atheists, but there's a growing number of agnostics among millennials. Let me ask a different way. Uh, if now 69% of Americans self-identify as Christian, 
What percent are what you used to call born again Christian, according to a set of criteria you use to measure that? Yeah, for years, what we've been doing is is asking people what they believe about what will happen to them after they die and why. And so we find the people who say that they are absolutely certain that after they die, they will go to heaven or spend eternity in God's presence only because they've confessed their sins and accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. That's a group that we classify as born again Christians based on their theological beliefs. A lot of those people would never call themselves born again. And we also know from our research, there are a lot of people who do call themselves born again, but who don't believe that they'll live in God's presence forever solely because they've accepted Christ and confessed their sins. So those who do, that's about 28% of our population. That's down from about 45% in the mid 1990s. So again, the trajectory is not a positive one. So 28% of Americans today, and this is all age groups, or at least those you're able to poll, probably not infants. Um, 18 and older. 18 and older, uh, it was self-identify as believing uh, that, that Jesus Christ is their own personal savior, or, or they've had some personal encounter with him where they identify Jesus as their Lord and savior. Uh, that is, I think, a, a very significant question, and everyone needs to answer that question. Are they gonna go to heaven when they die because Jesus forgives their sins and is their savior? Um, have you changed the way you asked that, or is that the same question you're asking today that you did in the 90s? Uh, I've been asking that since the mid-1980s, actually. And uh, you know that one of the saddest things to me, chaps, about that is when we look at that particular group, pastors tell us that that's the group that forms the backbone of their local church. But when we evaluate their worldview, what we found is that among that 28%, who we would classify as born again Christian, only God really knows, but it's our best guess based on their statements. With that 28%, only 19% of them have a biblical worldview. So there's a huge amount of growth that needs to take place, even among those who possibly are the most committed to the Christian faith. So how do you get from 28% who, who may be born again, according to your question, down to 19% of that, or let's say a fifth, which I'm guessing is like 6%, have a biblical worldview. What, what questions did you ask to see if someone has a biblical worldview? Well, we ask a, a series of 51 questions that look at both belief and behavior. Because when we study worldview, it, it's my contention after having worked on this for more than a quarter of a century, that you do what you believe. And so if you say you believe something, the only way that we can really know that is by watching how you live. You will do the things that you think are right and important and significant and true. And so when we find that consistency between belief and behavior, then we know that that's really something that, that you buy into. So we have 51 different questions that we look at looking in eight different categories of thought and action, you know, looking at things like perceptions about God, about salvation, about truth, about morality, about relationships, about purpose and success. And we put all of those things together and that's how we come up with the 6% in American uh, among adults who have a biblical worldview. 
So a question that might be packaged in there somewhere is, do you attend church at least once a month? I think uh, back in the day, there used to be a, a majority of Americans professed that they do attend church at least once a month. Uh, that, that was back in the 90s. What is it now? Well, we're still in kind of a sorting out phase right now because of the pandemic. And so with so many different churches having closed their doors for a prolonged period of time, some still not having reopened, uh, that, that's kind of thrown off that measure. But when we look at things like whether or not people take time to intentionally worship God during the week, whether they take time to pray during the week, uh, whether or not they would take time to read the Bible during the week, we do see that those numbers are going down. People taking time to worship God during the week were probably at about four out of 10 Americans who do that. Uh, reading the Bible were at about three out of 10 who say that they read it during the course of a week. Praying during the week, about seven out of 10. So there's still a lot of religious activity in America today. Uh, you know, then you have to dig into and, and what are you trying to accomplish and how are you doing it? So not all hope is lost. Uh, let's take another short break. When we come back, I'll ask George Barna, the difference between old people, the, the, the baby boomers generation and young people, the millennial generation after this. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign a critical petition to defend innocent babies and to end abortion in America. On this show, we like to pray and petition God, but we also need you to take action today by petitioning Congress to stop the taxpayer-funded child killing, especially by defunding Planned Parenthood, America's number one abortion provider. Why are your taxes paying to murder innocent children in the womb? Well, if Congress would simply define personhood as life beginning at conception, we can reverse Roe versus Wade. Please join me today by signing this important petition to Congress. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org and sign your petition today. Sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Hello everyone, I'm Mike Lindell, and I wanna tell everyone to get behind Dr. Chap's ministry here in his program, and you can do that by using, going to MyPillow.com, using the promo code PRAYNEWS, and you're gonna save up to 66% on all my products. But more importantly, a, mo a lot of that money is gonna go back to support Dr. Chaps and this programming. And it's, uh, I just can't tell you enough, to get people to Jesus is so important. And to have ministries like this is, is the, it's just absolutely amazing. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. 
I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow, and to thank you for your support, I'm gonna pass the savings directly on to you. For example, you get my six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98, or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Uh, I, let me rephrase that. Uh, the, the greatest generation, perhaps, uh, was the World War II fighters, right? The parents of the baby boomers who were born between the 50s and 60s. Uh, then came Generation X, I'm in that group, uh, born maybe between the 70s and 80s. The millennials broadly came of age when the millennium hit you know, 2000, so born in the maybe the 90s and uh, the 2000s, and then Generation Z is just just coming of age now. Uh, if you can broadly ca categorize Americans in those four groups, Mr. Barna, uh, Professor Barna, Dr. Barna, where do what's the comparison between the baby boomers who are now sort of in charge of, of the American electorate and the, the millennials who are just starting to participate in the political process. You know, chaps, it's interesting that you skipped over your own generation. You know, generation the, the Gen X, X, yeah. Baby X. Buster group, which is actually, I think, indicative of how that generation has seen itself. You know, I, I had actually written a book at one point called The Invisible Generation. And, and that's kind of what the baby busters were. They were overshadowed by the boomers. And then when millennials came along, they pretty much pushed Gen X out of the way and said, we're here, we're ready, put us on stage. And so Gen X has really kind of struggled for its identity and its time in the limelight. But you know, if we look at the difference, let's say, as you asked, between uh, boomers and millennials, they're two vastly different generations. You've got the boomers who followed in the footsteps of the builders, their parents. Uh, I think you referred to them as the greatest generation. And that's a group that by and large believed that Christianity was their faith of choice. They did what they could to follow it. Uh, they, want, they believe in America. They've invested in America. They want America to be a great nation. You look at uh, the millennials, they do not believe in America. They believe that America has a lot of problems, more problems than greatness. And so they wanna be, and they feel responsible for turning that around. It's a group that says that spirituality matters a lot, Christianity doesn't. And so all faiths are of equal value. It doesn't matter what faith you choose, as long as you have some faith that you feel works for you, because they're also a generation that believes there is no such thing as absolute moral truth. And it's a generation that believes that your moral choices are just that, they're your choices. There's nothing external to you that should be guiding those choices, such as the Bible, such as tradition, such as the culture, such as family mor uh, mores or customs. The millennial perspective is, I'm the center of my life. I need to make my decisions and I'm gonna make them based on my feelings and based on any counsel I may get that resonates with those emotions. So I'm gonna read a number out of your latest study, which is titled, uh, Research, Millennials Driving a se Seismic Generational Worldview Shift Away from Faith. 
And one of the numbers you quote, it says, well, four out of 10 people age 55 and older, that's 40% of, say, the baby boomer generation can be classified as born again Christians based on their beliefs about personal salvation. Only one out of every six millennials meets that criterion or 16% instead of 40% are born again, 16% millennials, 40% baby boomers are born again. It's a, you know, millennials are a group that doesn't buy the whole argument about God. Keep in mind that in their cultural context, they've been raised with secular humanism. They've been taught by Marxists and they've grown up with an entertainment climate that is postmodern in its leanings. And so when you have those worldviews coming at you hour after hour, day after day, week after week, year after year, it takes a toll on your on your brain and on your heart and on your soul. And so this is a generation that's bought into that. And for the most part, when people talk about God, you get the eye roll, they don't buy it, and they don't want anybody trying to evangelize them or convert them because they don't believe that's appropriate either. They think every person has to make their own choices based on their own criteria. And another stat uh, from your study, 28% of boomers and older qualify as don'ts or agnostic. They don't know or they don't believe uh, that God is real. Whereas 43% of millennials are agnostic or don't. So 28% of, of the older generation, 43% become agnostic in the younger generation. What is the solution? What are you calling Americans or pastors to do? Well, I I think churches have been off base for a long time and that we tend to put most of our resources into ministering to adults. If we understand that a person's worldview determines how they think and how they behave, and if we understand that that's formed before the age of 13, it would seem incumbent that we would want to invest most of our resources in ministering to children. And so what the local church could be doing is equipping parents to do that job. According to Deuteronomy 6 and various passages throughout the scriptures, it's a parent's responsibility to raise up their child in the love and knowledge of God. And so what the local church could be doing is preparing and equipping parents to do that task and supporting them in it. It's not the local church's job to do that. And yet in America today, because we have this mentality of trying to get the best for our children, we hire the best professionals that we can find in all fields, whether that's faith development, whether it's athletic development, whether it's educational development, we hire tutors, we hire coaches, we we drop kids off at Sunday school. We say, you're the professionals, you do it. It's the parent's job. Ultimately, they're gonna be responsible to God for how they did that and the local church could be supporting that effort. We really do need to invest a lot more in raising up children to be spiritual champions. Amen. Our guest has been George Barna, culturalresearchcenter.com. Let's take a moment and pray. Father in heaven, I ask your blessing on America and on our children, the next generation. Father, I pray that parents and pastors would rise up to mentor and train the 13 year olds and younger so that the next generation can be as great as the previous. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you to George Barna. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, PrayInJesusName.org. Please, please donate when you visit so we can bring you these programs. If you need prayer, call us at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.